Hey everybody, Lauren here. Today on the podcast, we are diving in with a student of mine, Ashley Greenwood of Three Little Greenwoods. She is here to share her shop success story and her experience learning and growing her shop in the very first year of its existence. She has built a business in a very busy category of wreaths and has been super successful with that and is very excited about the future and where she can go with it. So I cannot wait to hear this student success story and share it with you all. And I hope you enjoy. Let's get started. Hey, friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Crickets to Cha-Chings. My name is Lauren, and today on the podcast, I have with me Ashley Greenwood, And I am really excited to have this conversation with her and to share her story and her success and her words of wisdom with everybody. So welcome, Ashley. Thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So tell everybody kind of a little bit about your shop, your background, how you got started and what you do. Well, I am a teacher of young children. I've got about 20 years of experience teaching early ed. But I've always been super creative. So I had an opportunity to stay at home for a little while and started a DIY blog, which I still have called Three Little Greenwoods, the number three. But I wanted to do something else. The rat race of a blog was getting to me. You're constantly having to think of new projects to do. And social media is just not my most favorite thing at all. So I set that aside. And one day I was watching a lady on Facebook make wreaths. And I thought to myself, I can do that. And then I found out that there were shops on Etsy that sold them and made a living out of it. And I decided to open up my Etsy shop making wreaths and bows and lantern toppers for all seasons. That's really neat because I don't hear a whole lot of people that come into a business like in that kind of way, which is also how I got started, where you teach yourself how to make something with the goal in mind of starting it as a business, not just for fun or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I was just watching her and I had done a couple of wreath tutorials on my blog. So I'm thinking I can totally do that. And I can make it look just as good as that. So why not start a business? And the next thing I know, I had opened an Etsy shop and had a tax ID number and everything. (laughs) So you were looking for a supplemental income when you were doing that. This was obviously not just a hobby. Right. So were there things that you did going into that that you think probably were different than people that come at it from like a hobby perspective where they're just... You know, I think there's sometimes it's a little easier to be strategic from the get go when you know that what you're trying to do is to create a business. Did you find that to be true? I did. I think that having had the blog really gave me a heads up and an advantage to a lot of people because I already knew about SEO and I knew about keywords and how to search for them and how to find them 
the blog taught me how to take great pictures, which is super important for Etsy. So I think that it really gave me a heads up. And I did go into it thinking this is going to be a business. And I wanted to learn as much about having a business and running a business as I could. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about what that looked like for you in the early days as you were diving into that. So I opened my shop in October of 2019. And I just started making... I sold mostly local at first. I tried my hand at a craft fair and it was horrible and I hate it because <laughs> I'm very I'm very introverted obviously. I did not like talking to people. I did not like the work that it took and I didn't sell anything. And maybe if I had sold like a bunch of stuff it would have been fantastic, but it just was not for me. So after that experience, I knew that Etsy was even more important. I was doing very well. 2019 wasn't great because I just got it started. January and February and the beginning of March of 2020, I was doing well. I was very proud of my little successes and small amount of sales. And then COVID hit. And because I am a teacher, everything was shut down and we were all at home with our children. And I decided to use that time to just double down. And I purchased SEO Superstars, your course, in April. And I went through the whole thing. And I just really concentrated on my business and wanted to make it succeed. That's great. And I think that a lot of us have a, like very similar stories with, you know, I mean, COVID really changed a lot of things for a lot of people. <laughs> and my business skyrocketed in yeah. April and May. It was crazy. Because, you know, we were all thinking, oh my gosh, what's happening? Is the world going to end? What's going to happen next? And I was thinking no one is going to want a wreath or a bow. But people were stuck at home with their computers. And they just started spending and purchasing like crazy. So that was fantastic for my business. Yeah, I think that that's really interesting. Because I think that a lot of us had that mindset of like, this whole thing has really shaken up everything, but and you feel like nobody's going to want this kind of frivolous purpose or right, just like I'm not selling something that's vital to people, right? But it kind of seemed like the opposite was true for a lot of industries, actually, where particularly I think in that kind of beautiful things, <laughs> home decor and sort of luxurious, you know, luxurious bath products or kitchen supplies or whatever, like we're stuck at home with not a whole lot of excitement going on. So maybe we can at least surround ourselves with beautiful things. Yeah, that's what they did. And it was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So how did you then take that and really keep that momentum going, I guess. Like there's one thing to have a spike in sales because it's springtime, which is a good time for wreaths anyway. And it's COVID and all of that. But how do you keep that momentum going once those things kind of fade away? I really concentrate on doing a lot of research on Etsy. It's not that I'm copying. I don't want anyone to think that I found some, some super successful shop and I'm going to make everything that they make. But I think it's important that we take the time to find shops in our niche that are successful and see what are they doing? How are they styling their photographs? What's selling for them now? 
it's important to look at their keywords and their their tags and their prices to see how you can up your game or like I had a wreath that I was very, very proud of and it just wasn't selling. So when I have that problem, I'll go and find a similar, similar listings to that and just see like, okay, well, what are they doing that I'm not doing? How do they have it tagged? Because SEO and keywords, that is how you're going to get found. Social media is great and people can kill themselves posting on Instagram and posting on Facebook and TikTok and all of that stuff. But that's really not going to lead to a lot of sales, at least not in my experience. It's important to realize what your weakness is when you have a shop. From blogging, I knew that there was a quicker way to find out how to run a small business. When I was first blogging, I did everything myself. And it was very hard and so time consuming. I ignored my children for like for years because I was constantly editing photographs and writing copy and posting on social media. So when I started my Etsy shop, I purposefully looked for someone to help me, a teacher that I liked and I understood what they were saying and I did my due diligence to make sure like they know their stuff because it's such a shorter path to success if you have help and you're not just trying to figure it out on your own. Yeah. I think that that is something that is hard for people as creatives. I think because we have this idea in our heads because we're used to being scrappy and figuring it out yourself. And, you know, like you said, watching videos of somebody making a wreath and figuring out how to make your own wreath and have your own style. And so we feel like we can do everything. Like there's no reason why I need to be you know, learning from anybody because I can figure it out, which is probably true. You know, a lot of people can figure out a lot of things like this. is This is not like you're, you know, teaching yourself to do brain surgery. However, like the process of getting there and getting results and kind of paving your own path without learning from somebody is there's a lot of stumbling around time. <laughs> yes, there is. And like we talked about earlier, I want this to be a business. I would like to be able to quit my part-time job and solely focus on my business. And I wanted the quickest path there. I didn't want to stumble around and, and try to figure things out, which like you said, you can. There are so many YouTube videos out there and tutorials and, and things, but I wanted it done as fast as possible. Right. That's interesting to me because I think that there also is an idea like I will have people say to me frequently, you know, in talking about purchasing courses or, you know, enrolling in scale your sales or whatever that, you know, like, I just want to make sure that it's worth the money or I'm nervous about making that investment or whatever, which I totally 100% understand. And I do think people should do their due diligence 
before paying money to enroll in anything. But there is also this opportunity cost that people don't seem to grasp as much, which you would not have that problem. (laughs) Where you seem to recognize that right out of the gate is that like, the time that you spend not making any progress is worth money that you're losing out on. So to say like, well, I can figure it out myself, but it's probably going to take me a year versus if I learn from you, maybe it's going to take me three or four months. Like there's a huge opportunity cost there of that lost time where you're not making any money or you're not making money to the potential that you could possibly be doing. Right. Exactly. And like you said, it's very important that you consume as much free material as you possibly can from someone that you're thinking about buying a course from. I have bought many courses. I've spent a lot of money and only a handful of them have truly benefited me. And that's on me as well, because, you know, sometimes we think, oh, I'm going to buy this course. It is going to solve all my problems. But if you don't do the work, it's not going to help anything. You have to be willing to do the work all the way through to the end, or it's going to be, you know, a wasted opportunity and wasted money. Yeah, totally. And I think the way you said it's true. I mean, you know, obviously I have my own slant on that as somebody that sells courses and like, I'm not an unbiased source of information here, but there are so many programs available at this point that you have to be so careful in terms of learning from somebody who actually has the experience of what they're teaching on. Like I have had my own experience. <laughs> this is kind of, maybe I shouldn't call out this. We'll talk later about that. Well, I had somebody that came to me. This is just a kind of a story that I, but I think people should be aware of it. Like I had somebody that came to me and was emailing me back and forth and talking about how they were super excited because they had joined my free Facebook group and all that. And they were about to have their first month ever of making a thousand dollars in their Etsy shop. And they were super excited about hitting that milestone of having a thousand dollars a month in their Etsy shop. And literally the next month they had written a course about how to have a thousand dollar a month Etsy shop. So like they had done that one month (laughs) and then they were trying to sell a course about it. And, you know, I mean, everybody can do whatever they want. Like I'm not the corner market on Etsy teaching and everybody's got their own style and stuff. But to me, it's such a disservice to those students, but also to the whole industry because it makes people so gun shy when they do something like that. And I've had so many people that come to me and say like, I already bought this course and then I figured out that that person didn't even have an Etsy shop or they stopped selling on Etsy several years ago or they've never had an Etsy shop or they don't have very many sales or whatever. You know, there's they don't do that backstory research first. Right. And that is so important to me. And honestly, it's the reason like I like coaching about Etsy more than I like making monogrammed baby quilts. The business side of it is really the more passionate side to me. Like I love, love, love talking about that. Mm -hmm. But I keep my Etsy shop open and I keep doing that. And I keep building that part of the business because I think that's so important. Right. I think that it's so important to still be a part of the industry that you're teaching on. That's my TED talk. (laughs) 
And I also think that once you find your people, your person, like I have a handful of business, not leaders, but people who teach on business. And those are the only ones I listen to. And anybody else, I'm just gonna like, you know, like, turn it off, or I'm not gonna listen just to anybody. And I think that we need to find those people that we really like and that we really click with. And those need to be our focus because one coach says, you should do this, 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 and this. The next coach says, oh, no, you should be posting on Facebook 10 times a day. And, you know, you've got to decide like what is best for you. Yeah, there's a lot of noise. A lot of noise. Yes. Well, I am glad that I can be one of those people for you. (laughs) Yeah, you have been awesome. I love the way that you lay everything out and you're very methodical. You provide just real examples of, okay, here's how you handle this and here's how you do this. And I mean, I've just really consumed your podcast over and over and over. So thank you for that. (laughs) You're so welcome. Thank you for coming on. (laughs) So talk to me about what, you know, after going through SEO Superstars, which is now a part of Scale Your Sales, so that has changed a little bit, but going through that program and getting your SEO optimized and stuff. What does your business look like now? What are your, you know, kind of, where do you see it going? What's going on with you? Well, I have to say that in 2020, which was my, or in 2020, my gross revenue was $25,000. That was my first full year in business. Wow. Yeah. It's just crazy. And I just want to, Stop you there for a second and really <laughs> soak that in because Isn't that awesome? <laughs> it is really amazing. And, you know, there are so many huge numbers on the internet that people throw around as their accomplishments and stuff. But this was your first year in business. Like you're right out of the gate creating something that's hitting the ground running and not having this you know, wasted time or this frustration, you know, I mean, obviously, there are always parts of business that are hard, and hard work and stressful and frustrating, but not to be a Debbie Downer, but (laughs) you know, there is always going to be that side of it. But to be able to finish like I think the my first year in business, I finished the year with like $1,100 in sales. So to, to open a business and your very, very first year in business have $25,000 really, first off, shows you the possibility moving forward for the future. But it also allows you to have a reward for the work that you put into it. Like you're not having that time that so many of us have where you're just like busting your butt and not really getting any kind of payoff. Right. Yeah. And it was... I was very focused. I'm telling you, once COVID hit and we were at home, I just concentrated so hard on creating great products, working on my SEO and keywords and tags and filling everything out. I have to say that I am not active on social media. It is not my thing. I do not enjoy it. Every once in a while, I'll do a Facebook Live, but I don't see the return on the time that it would take me to schedule all of the posts out. I'd never have seen a great return on it. So I kind of want to dive into this a little bit deeper because I think in looking at your... I mean, your products are beautiful and your photography is amazing. 
But, you. you know, a lot of people will say, well, my problem is not that I'm not working hard enough. Like I am working really hard, but my niche is so saturated. There's so much competition. There's so many people making similar products. You have a product in a market that is very competitive. Yeah, it's super, super competitive yeah. and super saturated to use that word. Right. I don't love that word, but, <laughs> yeah, you know, like I think that it's not like you are coming in with this product that doesn't have any competition and that's why you've been able to be so successful. So what do you think really made that difference for you? Because you also, you know, because a lot of times I feel like people will say, well, for my own shop, like I was able and continue to be able to be successful because I have a long sales history. Your shop is very new. So that's not it either. So what made that difference? Honestly, just the keywords and the SEO. I mean, really, that's what it boils down to. And it's, you have to do your research, like I said before. So, okay, here's how I do it. I'm working on tulip reeds. And my tulip reeds are on a grapevine. So I would go to Etsy or Pinterest and look for tulip reeds on a grapevine base and just see like, okay, so what's selling? What do people have in there? And I would, you know, write everything down. Okay, this keyword looks great. And you just have to take the time to find the right keywords for your products. It might take a while. I have reads that I think are fantastic. I think they have great keywords and they're not selling. So then I will go back in 30 days or so and adjust and see what else I can use. It's totally okay to change things, but big but, you have to give it time. You can't just keep constantly changing things, hoping that today's the day that it's going to click. Yes, that is really hard for people, especially I would imagine somebody who is in your position where you're like, I am diving into this, I am going to make it happen. It is so hard to do that research and then optimize listings and then leave it alone and see what's working and what's not working. Right, it is. And um, you know, I see girls all the time that are posting in, in all the Facebook groups, you know, I've tried this and it's just not working. And I just want to say you have to wait and right. be patient. This is not an overnight game. I know that it sounds like I made a lot of money last year and I'm so proud of myself, but it was a lot of hard work and research and okay, I'm going to do this and okay, these images don't look great. So how can I make them look better? is changing the backgrounds and just constantly learning and trying new things. And once you figure out something that works, you're like, okay, so now I'm going to take this and try to apply it to my other listings to see if I can get those boosted up. Right. Yeah. So do you try and create new products seasonally? Or what does that look like for your shop? Are you doing this? Is this kind of like an ongoing thing where it's kind of rolling with new products or you have perennial bestsellers? One thing I think has made my shop successful is I have everyday wreaths and everyday bows and lantern toppers that can be bought throughout the year. 
but I also concentrate on seasonality. Right now, I am working on spring. I've been working on spring. And I'm constantly listing new products because I think that when people come to my shop, they want to see lots of beautiful options to choose from. And I've spent a ton of money on supplies. (laughs) So (laughs) I've got to recoup some of that cost by making products. So yes, I am constantly adding new things to my shop. And taking things out that don't sell. Right. So what are you hoping for as we're going into 2021? What does that look like for you kind of moving forward in this business and with the potential that you now know for sure exists for you? I would love to reach the sales goal of 40000 I think that would be fantastic. I want to prove to myself and my husband Mm -hmm. that this is not just a little crafty project that Ashley's got going on upstairs in the room over the garage, which is where my my workshop is. (laughs) I've totally taken my children's playroom away from them. (laughs) I want to prove to myself that I can figure it out. I can figure out the business. I can manage the money. And pay myself an income. That's really what I want to do. I would really like to be able to step back from my part-time teaching position and concentrate on just this because I know that I can grow it. And I'm just really excited to see what next year holds. Yeah, it is really, really exciting. Well, Ashley, I am so thankful that you are here today. And it was such a nice conversation to talk to you about the growth of your business and kind of what you've been doing, where you're going to go with it. I am so glad that you have seen success with your business. And I am excited that I got to be a part of that with um, SEO Superstars. And I can't wait to see what this next year brings for you. Thanks, Lauren. I appreciate that. Yeah. So tell people where they can find you if they're looking for you online. I am three little greenwoods everywhere. It's the number three. I named my blog after my three children. There are three of them. You can find me. My Etsy shop is three little greenwoods. Well, thank you again for being here today. I appreciate it so much. I will see you next week back here on the podcast. Same time, same place. Bye for now. Bye.